for me, my number one thing is just staying organized and just always thinking ahead and just having a routine. As you mentioned before, whiteboards, I am like a big whiteboard lover (laughs) to keep everybody on track. But the Sunday moments don't have to be big moments. It can literally be, you know what, I'm going to eat my lunch in the sun today. I've had a really big day today. I'm going to do a skincare routine before bed and just really enjoying those moments. Do you love your life as a small business owner? Let's be real. Sometimes we just don't. It's my hope that this, the My Daily Business podcast, helps you regain a little of that lost love through practical, actionable tips, tools, and tactics, interviews with creative and curious small business owners, and in-depth coaching episodes with me, your host, Fiona Kalaki. With more than 20 years experience in marketing, brand, content, and systems, and having now helped thousands of small business owners, I know what it takes to build a business that you can be proud of and that actually aligns with your values, your beliefs, and your hopes for the future. So much of our daily life is spent working on and in the businesses and the brands that we are creating. And so it makes sense to actually love what you do. So let's get into this podcast and help you figure out how to love your business and your life on the daily. Hello and welcome to episode 346 of the My Daily Business podcast. Today it is an interview with a small business owner and I have to say this person is just so lovely. You can hear the smile in my voice and I'm really excited about bringing this interview episode to you. Before we get stuck into that, I wanted to remind people that Marketing for Your Small Business course and coaching program kicks off on the 10th of October. If you are keen to fully figure out your marketing and do so in a strategic way for 2024 and actually have a plan that you can replicate year after year, then you want to check this out. You can get onto Marketing for Your Small Business at any time. You can just go to marketingforyoursmallbusiness.com. It's a self-paced course, but we do offer twice a year a coaching component. So it's nine live weeks of coaching with myself and the rest of the people on the call. And that way you work through the modules each week, and you can come and ask questions. And then at the end of the nine weeks, you have the opportunity to present your full marketing plan to the rest of the people on the call and get feedback from them and from myself. So it really keeps you accountable. And it's a perfect time to be doing this right before the year gets into silly season and you're too busy to think about it. And then you'll start next year without a plan. So that kicks off on the 10th of October. You can find all the information over at marketingforyoursmallbusiness.com. The other thing, of course, I want to mention is that I am so lucky to live where I live and have the most beautiful landscape and bush to look at. And I want to thank the traditional owners of this land, that is the Wawrong and Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, and pay my respects to their elders past and present and acknowledge that sovereignty has never been ceded. And I also just want to take this time to say that if you are First Nations and you're listening to this, I am sending you a gigantic hug. I cannot imagine what you must be going through watching Australia just go through a lot of complex discussions. And if you need help, there is 13 YARN, 13 Y-A-R-N. You can check out our show notes or just Google 13 YARN. And that is people that can support First Nations who are themselves First Nations as well. All right, let's get into today's interview episode. So it is my absolute pleasure to be inviting today's guest onto the podcast. And her name is Bev Dyer, Beverly Dyer from Chasing Sundays. And I have to say that Bev and I connected 
She was a member of group coaching, but we'd also connected previously at, I think, an event that I was speaking at. And Bev is just one of those people that you can't help but feel relaxed around. I know that she will probably be laughing at that because maybe she doesn't think that she's the most relaxed person, but she just has this calmness about her. And also just instantly gives you the idea that, you know, she's there, she's listening, she's present. And I just imagine that she'd be such an amazing friend and such an amazing mum to her kids and in her community. And so when Bev signed up to group coaching, we had an interview and went through the whole process. And I was just like, you are absolutely, you know, the right fit. You have this incredible business that you're building. You have so much initiative. You have such a willingness and eagerness to learn and to improve the business. And she knows all about business as well. She's run her own business, but is also married to someone who runs their business as well. So the two of them are these amazing entrepreneurs doing really interesting things. Also, the whole idea behind her business, which she gets into in today's chat, just really resonates with me. Just this idea that I'll let her talk about the story because she tells it a lot better. But I just really resonate with the whole brand that she's building and the ethos behind it. And just her, you know, trying to create this amazing brand, also be a role model for her, not only her own children, but her friends, her community. She's from a regional town. And I just love everything that she's doing. I love the products. I just love everything she's about. So here it is, my interview with the wonderful Bev Dyer of Chasing Sundays. Hello, Bev. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Fiona. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I'm excited to see you. And I was just saying before we hit record, it's so nice to see your face again because we worked together previously and I haven't seen it. I mean, I've seen you on Instagram, but it's lovely to connect like this. And so how are you feeling about life in this very moment? I'm feeling good. Obviously, spring and summer is my favorite time of the year. So it's always exciting for me. But I am feeling a little tired after a busy winter and a little overwhelmed at what this season can bring, but um, yeah, I'm feeling good. Yes. And so I know a bit about your business and I know why it would be like, ah, summer's here and spring's here. But for those who don't know, can you tell us all about Chasing Sundays? What is it? How did it start? And what is the name all about? So Chasing Sundays is a family lifestyle label. I design products with the purpose to support and encourage families to chase the quintessential Australian lifestyle. It started out of frustration, actually, and the name, I guess, came from a mixture of things. I was busy chasing my three sons, which led to the business idea. And Sundays have always been a special day of the week for me since I was a child, My dad worked six days a week, huge hours, worked away most of my childhood. So Sundays were always that one day of the week where the notch was turned down, basically. It was slow mornings, quiet family time, roast dinner on the table every Sunday. So, And and that tradition has continued on in my life today with my own family. So I guess Chasing Sundays is that constant reminder to work hard but invite those slow moments into your every day or into into your week basically not just for one day oh I love this and I you as you were talking I was like oh my gosh that's exactly how my Sundays were we had to go to church we were Catholic but 
but but other than that it was really we went to church but also we always had a Sunday roast always yeah. and yes. my I'm a really I make a really good roast and I was just <laughs> as you were saying it I was like I need to start that ritual in our house because I've been waiting for the kids to be a little older and one of them can help me with it but yeah I love I love that and it's so nice that you as a child like savored that time with your dad as well and how that's been brought in now to your own family and your own family business and so with Chasing Sundays, what was, you said there was an initial kind of frustration or spark that led to creating this. What was that for you? Yeah, so I have three sons, as I mentioned, and they're very energetic boys and we live in a very small coastal town. So there's not a lot to do to keep them entertained. It's either sort of the park with play dates or the beach. And I found the beach a real juggle when I take them on my own, especially when it's time to dry everybody off and get them back to the car. So I would have like the baby on my hip, the toddler running in one direction, the other kid running off oh, no. in, in an, an opposite way. And at the time I had these traditional Terry cow ponchos for my boys, but I found that once they would dry off, they became drenched and heavy and full of sand and the boys would want to take them off. And so I started just looking for a much lighter towel, thinking that maybe if it was lightweight and quick to dry and the sand didn't stick to it, that they'd leave those towels on and they'd be, you know, covered from the sun and they'd carry their own towel back to the car. (laughs) I love the poncho towel idea because they could manage the towel on their own. But when I was searching for this poncho towel, I couldn't find it on the market at all. And I kept coming across Turkish towels and they ticked all the boxes. They they were light, they were compact, the sand didn't stick to them. So I just thought, you know what, I'm just going to buy one of these Turkish towels. At that point, Turkish towels weren't weren't popular. Mm -hmm. And I thought, I'll try this on the boys and see how we go. And they absolutely loved it. But the problem was they still couldn't manage that towel on their own. Mm. So I just started sourcing factories basically in Turkey. <laughs> well, as you do. As you do. I don't know. <laughs> Went down a bit of a rabbit hole and I found a couple of factories and just asked them if they would produce the Turkish towels in a poncho and they, they said they could do that. So I sampled a few and started product testing them and then in 2016 we launched a business with poncho towels and Turkish towels. <laughs> wow I'm always fascinated by people who see a gap because I have seen many 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 gaps even now like everyone knows I'm obsessed with whiteboards there's still such a crap selection of whiteboards <laughs> that are out there I'm always like I'm gonna make my own whiteboard but then I don't go and do it so like did you have and I know I'm sort of putting you on the spot but did you have retail, product design, all of that sort of experience, like fashion, had you come from that in order to be like, you know what, I'm just going to create these? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I think what may have helped was about, say, 12 months prior, my husband and I had owner built our own home. Mm -hmm. And I think from that process, it made me realize how much I loved bringing things together mm-hmm. and and I, I don't know I just felt like I could, I could do this and I had a friend actually who was like you could do that Bev just jump online and Google and Google knows everything and I was like <laughs> oh okay so I know I have absolute no experience barely finished high school so 
Oh, here you are. Here and so are. you mentioned about, you know, your beautiful origin story of the name and how it came to be. You are selling a product and selling a company that is Chasing Sundays. And also you said, and we'll get onto it in a minute, where you live is absolutely picturesque and amazing. But you mentioned that, you know, like everyone should have this downtime and we should have this time to go slow and everything else. So how do you have your Sunday moments amidst a busy schedule? Because you have three children, <laughs> you have a partner who also has their own business, I believe. And he so does. there's a lot going on. So how do you, how do you as a mum and a person in business and running all of this stuff and everything else have this relaxed Sunday mindset? Well, I don't know that my mindset is relaxed as I would like <laughs> it to be a lot of the time. But I think for me, my number one thing is just staying organized and just always thinking ahead and just having a routine. As you mentioned before, whiteboards, I am like a big whiteboard lover <laughs> to keep everybody on track. But the Sunday moments don't have to be big moments. It can literally be, you know what, I'm going to eat my lunch in the sun today. I've had a really big day today. I'm going to do a skincare routine before bed and just really enjoying those moments. And I think my favorite way is morning movement. I'd get the kids off to school. And for me, it's like, could be as quick as 20 minutes, a quick run, walk around the block or on the beach, dive in the ocean. And that is like a total just reset of mood and mindset. It's just that's my that's my go-to. So some days are easier than others, but that's how I sort of keep it all going. <laughs> I love that. Yesterday, I actually, we have a hammock and we've moved to a new house and it was just a beautiful day. Here in Melbourne, we do not have the same weather as you have. <laughs> and so when it's a sunny day, you want to get out there, especially at this time of year. Yeah, I just, I was sitting there having a cup of tea. And then I was like, oh, I'm going to go on the hammock. I haven't gone on the hammock in ages. And it was so nice to just swing myself in the hammock instead of being like, I mean, it was the weekend. I could have gone and done the laundry, you know, like cleaned out the fridge. There's a million things that we always have a million things on our list. Yeah. So I think it's really important. Like you said, it can just be this small thing. And also when you said about dropping the kids off and then having a run or going to the beach or doing something, that habit, stacking as well like that whole I've dropped them off now it's my time for whatever the period of time is until I get stuck into my work day or whatever else I feel like that's also important to like think about the habits that you have and then how you can put something else with that for yourself does that make sense yeah absolutely yeah and yeah. I think too it's like it, it might be in the middle of the day and I'm like sitting at my desk trying to work and nothing's coming together and I'm not being productive and I'm like, like you know what I just need to step out five, 10 minutes, and then you come back and you're so much more focused and refreshed and, you know, then you're not wasting time and you can just get on with the job. Yes. I recently came across this quote by Anne Lamott and she said something, now I'm going to butcher it, but she said, <laughs> everything works again if you unplug it and plug it back in, including yourself. And yes. um, I feel like I've had all these issues with this microphone lately. I've had it for like six years. And then the amount of times I've like, Turned off, turn, have you tried turning it on and off? But really, and that's the same with you, like taking those few minutes out to just get away from everything and then come back in. And yeah. so I wanted to ask a while ago, or not that long ago, I'm not sure exactly when, but you did yeah. a little bit of a brand refresh. And I feel like that is something that lots of people who are listening to this may be interested in. I feel like a lot of people kind of just were trying to survive during 
the pandemic. <laughs> and also there wasn't the opportunity to go out and meet with a brand strategist or, you know, a graphic designer or anything. And so how did that come about? Like what prompted that change to the brand, to the visuals of the brand in particular? Well, I obviously knew what my logo said. I knew that it said Chasing Sundays and I could recognize it from anywhere. But I started to realize that the logo was like a very fine signature script style. And over time, I just realized that people were either having a second glance or having to look closely at what the brand name said. And that is not what you want when you're trying to create a brand. And get your awareness out there, especially on the beach where you're like, you want people to just casually be able to flick over and be like, oh, what are those kids wearing? (laughs) Exactly. So I was like, yeah, I want something that people could instantly recognize that says Chasing Sundays. Yeah. So that just prompted the refresh. And I'd been in business a few years and I just was feeling a little stale as well. And yeah, so just did the brand refresh and and honestly, it was the biggest job. And it probably took 12 months from start to finish to like roll it out across all of the products, the website in all the areas. But um, yeah, I'm totally glad I made the decision to rebrand. Yeah. And so on that note, and again, I feel like I'm putting you on the spot. I also just went through a rebrand, which was a different name. At least yours was sort of the same name. And so all our URLs changed. We've had we've had issues just even with like Calendly having the wrong URL and people still have that old URL and then they try and book and it doesn't work. So, I mean, there's so much involved in this and you're always finding things that you're like, oh, that little thing over there or that press release or whatever didn't have the right stuff on it. What would you say to someone who's listening thinking, I so want to do this, but she's just said it's hard and it took 12 months and Fiona's just said it's hard. Is it too hard? Like, what would you say to them? I think it's like anything. When you just set yourself a goal and like I said, it took me 12 months. It doesn't have to be an instant thing. It's just make the plan and stick to it and It may be hard in the beginning and a little extra work to incorporate into your business as usual, but it's worth it in the end. Yes. And then you want something you're really proud of and, you know, and for yours, it's very functional as well. Like you said, like people are using your products in different places. Depends where you are in the world as well. Australians are quite friendly, but in some places you might be like, I really want to know what that towel is, but I can't speak the language or I don't, you know, I can't ask politely. And so it's really great to be able to just see the logo and be like, okay, I can Google it now, look for myself. And so you, despite living in this incredible part of the world, and if anyone is following Chasing Sundays, you'll (laughs) see where you live. It is just like this postcard perfection. You are also you know, having that wonderful surround didn't protect you necessarily or, you know, somehow make you immune to the stresses of business and lockdowns and all that we all went through and you had three children and homeschooling and everything else, plus your partner is a business owner. So how did you get through those last few years and any tips for other people who may not be in that situation right now but they are in an overwhelming situation or something that feels very overwhelming? Yes, I'm very blessed where we live. Okay, well, for me, my husband's business became busier and he was an essential worker. So I guess that took off pressure from me when my sales were down, knowing that his work had had become busier so that I was okay. And I think it's just I had to just step back and because it was quite a confronting time and just surrender to surrender to it and be like, you know what? 
every day, approached every day with today's a new day. Let's just see what we can get out of the day. And again, it's just that routine. So for me, I adopted a completely new routine with the boys at home, had three boys to homeschool. So it was just, let's get in, get as much schoolwork as we can do while everyone's fresh. Mm -hmm. And if some days it didn't go to plan, we just didn't do it. Like it was all too hard. And just breaking up the days with fresh air and a nice routine and lots and lots of snack plates. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I think when you are in an overwhelming situation, it's just do what you can. Like we were mentioning before with your Sunday moments, it's like taking yourself out of the situation from time to time having a little reset and going back in and I don't know it's just you just got to ride those waves and just keep pushing (laughs) (laughs) just keep going just keep going keep going and so one of the things I wanted to ask which actually reminds me of how I coped in the pandemic which is to start my walks every day and I still do that and even my husband the other day was like you've been so consistent with that that's like four years and I'm like yep because it's so important for my mental health to get out to get out into the nature to all of that and one of the things that I wear on my walk pretty much every day is your hat one of your hats which is so great and sometimes it's missing from the hook because my husband steals it all the time or my eldest son does because it's so cool and the quality is amazing it not just looks good I wore it all day every day in Fiji recently when we went over and I had numerous people being like where is that from and I was like it's called Chasing Sundays let me tell you all about it (laughs) and also oh gosh, I sound like such a jet set. I hadn't been anywhere for years. And then I went to Mallorca and I had one of your towels and it was amazing. It was like a sarong. It was it was just like my companion. And my friend loved it so much that she's like, can you leave that here? And I was like, yes, I can. <laughs> and she travels everywhere. She's like, this is so good. It dries so quickly. It's just, you know, they're really good quality. I feel like there are things in that area, but sometimes you'll buy them and they actually don't absorb anything or, you know, your stuff is really, really good. And I know that you're very passionate about it. And you said before, you know, the kind of origins of how it all started and what you were looking for, but what sort of tips do you have for people to test that quality, particularly when they're getting it made in another country? Like you had found Turkish suppliers, Australia and Turkey aren't anywhere near each other. It's not like you can just hop over. Plus you were doing a lot of stuff during the pandemic as well, even though you started the business before that. So what tips do you have for someone who's thinking, I would like to start a product-based business or add products into my business, but if to get them made elsewhere, how do I test it if I'm not from that product development background? Yeah, I guess for me, I source the factory and I source a couple of factories and I sample the exact same product, probably with three different suppliers. When the product comes, it's like you're not comparing just the product. It's also you're comparing the make price. And just because something is the cheaper make price does not necessarily mean that's the supplier you should go with. Yes. And then I, and then you've got to test them. You've, you've got to wear it. You've got to wash it. You've got to use it. Whatever that product is, you have to put it to the test as though whoever's going to buy it, how they would use it, you need to make sure that, that the quality is there. So that's that's what I've stuck to the whole time and I think it just basically comes down to it for me is if I wouldn't buy it or use it for myself, then there's no way that I will sell it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something sometimes people lose sight of, especially 
Oh, I feel like all I'm seeing on TikTok constantly is just these people going, here's how you get 5,000 units quickly as possible. Get your markup on. It doesn't matter what it's, you know, it doesn't matter if it falls apart in three washes. Like, and it's just so awful because then you see on the flip side, all of the stuff that's sitting in landfill and you're so right. If you're not going to buy it for yourself and be able to wash it and dry it and use it again and again and again, then why would you put that on somebody else? And so you have brought in new ranges. I mentioned the hat and that was not part of your initial, I think, your initial kind of range that you put in. You have more recently put in your washproof, waterproof, washproof, how do you call them? Waterproof bags? Yeah, like wet bags. Yeah. Wet bags. That's. I knew there was a, a word for it. I remember during group coaching, you were so excited to be like, oh God, I'm doing this. And so you bring in these different parts of your business. And so when do you know it's the right time to add a new category in? And then how do you figure out kind of the order quantities for a category where you've never sold that before? Yeah, I think cash flow is a huge consideration, especially in those first couple of years of business. So when you start building your offering, a lot of your cash flow can end up tied up just sitting in product. Mm -hmm. So for the first couple of years, for me, instead of developing more of my own products, I became a stockist of other well-known brands, mm-hmm. other brands that aligned with with my brand and also complemented my product. So things like umbrellas and sunscreens and baskets and that type of thing. And that way it sort of ensured that I was like offering a little bit more mm-hmm. But my minimums were super, super low. There was zero stress with that and it didn't affect the cash flow. A huge realisation for me was through coaching with you, Fiona, when I finally got clear of my revenue streams and it just made me a huge realisation not to put all your eggs in the, in the one basket. Mm-hmm. And the Turkish towels, the poncho towels, they were the backbone of my business and we went through COVID and at that time it was like the product cost went up, The my minimums doubled. So, mm-hmm. and then of course shipping, like that was just astronomical. And I was thinking, oh my God, if these prices keep going up because it was one day it went up and the next day it went up again. And I was thinking I'm going to be completely priced out of this product. And if that's the case, I very well may not have a business. Mm. Yeah, so I knew that I needed to bring in another new product and it still had to be the same quality, but I also knew that I needed something with a lower retail price and also something that was economical to transit to me in bulk, but also was going to be that standard postage cost for me to send it out to my consumers. And my customers, you know, they needed things at an affordable price point because my key audience is obviously families. So families are watching the money that they're spending. So the introduction of the tote and wet bags last summer has been the best thing that has happened to my business. They are now my highest selling product Mm. and they also have the better profit margins. And as for quantities without the sales data, I guess you get an idea of your order turnover over time. I try to stick to minimums in the beginning because I think that it's better to sell out than to have a product sitting around that doesn't sell as well as you hoped. Yeah, and then you have to mark down and it's new and then it's like, oh, okay, why are you marking it down when you just brought it out? Yeah, so, so many things, so many tips in there. 
And so I wanted to ask with your partner and your own business, do you guys talk a lot about business or is there anyone else that's helped you with business or mantras or, or mottos or a book that has really helped you with building all of this out? So we are both involved in each other's business. Like I do still do his invoicing and quoting for him. And we actually just got back from an event in Newcastle together. So he is really good at promoting the brand because I don't know, I just feel a bit funny about that. But he's also really good with numbers. So that's how I use him to help with me. But your book, Fiona, I wish, and I'm not just saying that because we're on your podcast, I so wish that your book was available when I was in the startup phase because mm. even though I've been in business seven years, I refer to your book all the time because other business books just send me a little bit cross-eyed, to be honest. And But yeah, so, and I always recommend your book to other people in small business as well. But generally for me, it's just networking and obviously coming from a small coastal town, you're super limited with stuff like that around here, as well as just people in your area that are running, you know, an online business. There's not that many. Mm -hmm. So I have just always said yes to every opportunity if I can to go to events, go to conferences, go to seminars. And just try and learn as much as I can from things like that. Oh, I love this. I actually think, I don't know if I'm incorrect, did we meet at a conference or a seminar like years ago? Because I remember when you were doing the group coaching interview and then you were like, oh, no, I met you. Like, am I making that up? No, you are not. And that was the very, I hadn't even launched Chasing Sundays at that point. Oh. I went along to Sydney. It was the first time I'd ever flown in an aeroplane alone. It was the first time I'd ever been to a city alone. <laughs> and like my kids were babies at that stage. So I was like, you have to make this as worthwhile as you can. Mm. And I'd, I'd never heard of you from that before that, Fiona, but I just, yeah, I went and met you after the, after the panel and I'd been following you ever since. And that is how I eventually was like, I'm going to do her group coaching. Like, Aww. cause I just followed you ever from that point. So yeah. Oh, no, I think like, <laughs> I think that those conferences, I like, I went to a conference in New York in 2015 and it still is the standout. It was the fast company innovation festival. And I was supposed to go in 2020 and didn't, but there's so many conferences I've been to. And sometimes I'll be the speaker, but a lot of the times I'm not. And you learn so much. And I think also that energy that is in a live event is very different to sometimes being on a, you know, someone's masterclass or a webinar or something. So I feel like it's so important that you did that, especially when you had young children and you're like, you know what, I'm going to do this and get on a plane and do all the things. That's, that's massive. And so also with your business, you do lots of different things. And so are there any apps or tools or tech platforms that you're like, I could not live without this in terms of my business? I run things fairly basic, but I would have to say that zero for accounting, it just makes everything mm. so much easier. Canva for just sim- and simple and easy content creation. My assistant lives in Queensland, so we've started using Trello to share tasks mm. and our calendar. I've switched to Klaviyo recently, mm. the email platform, so I'm finding that is great for not only building my email database, but also I'm starting to build an SMS database. Mm -hmm. And I think my absolute 
favorite, which can be completely scary at times, but so insightful and motivating, which I learned from you, Fiona, as well, is having a daily revenue tracker, knowing exactly week to week where you are in terms of your revenue goals is something that I could not live without now. Oh, this makes me so happy to hear anyone, whether it was through me or whatever way you came to a revenue tracker. It's so important. And I feel like I'm constantly saying this to people and they're like, yeah, I started one. I don't like it. I don't like the numbers. That's the biggest thing. I don't like the numbers, so I won't look at it. But it's so important because then you can be proactive about something or you can be curious as to, oh, why has that gone up or why has it gone down? Or where is it, you know, in comparison to where I expected and why might it have changed? You can't do that if you're just looking at your numbers, you know, every quarter or at tax time, whatever else. And so yeah. what are you most proud of from your journey in business so far? <sighs> I think I would have to say I'm proud of my commitment that I've managed to grow this brand organically for seven years. And I think along the way, I've threatened to sell many times <laughs> or just give up altogether. But those are the times when I've known that it's the next steps and I needed to educate myself. So, and that's what I've done. So I'm proud that I've like recognized that I need to educate myself. I've learned the next steps. I've implemented them and I'm, and I keep pushing forward. So I'm still here. <laughs> and I love it because it's not just your sons that are seeing this and your partner, but like you're in a small community, they're seeing it. You know, you just never know who is watching what you're doing and then being like, I can do that too. And it's, you know, my sister lives in a regional community. She's lived in regional communities for decades. And I feel like it's changing a little bit, but there's still sometimes people feeling like they have to hold themselves back or they just don't have the opportunities and access that they would have if they were in the city or a metropolitan area. So I feel like you're doing such an amazing job. And yeah, I just think it's fantastic what you're doing. And there's so many people that are that are watching and realizing what they could do as well. So I think it's awesome. And so what is next for you and where can people connect with you and buy your amazing goodies? I'm just focusing on scaling my business right now. So as I said, I've been growing organically and I think that that it's just not as sustainable as it used to be. So at the moment I'm learning Facebook ad frameworks and I'm also just steadily building on our offering. So I plan in the next six months to move out of my house. I'm still oh my working goodness. from home. Yeah, we invested in a commercial space. So in the next six months, move out of the home and then my husband will come on board in more of yeah, in a role, basically. <laughs> and yeah, if you want to come find me, you can check out social media. So that's at chasing.sundays or on our website, which is chasingsundays.com.au. Amazing. Thank you so much. I'm so excited for you and this expansion of the brand. It's amazing. And we'll link to all of that in the show notes. But thank you so much. I know you're a busy person and you gave up time for this. So thank you for coming on. Thanks for having me, Fiona. Bye. Bye. Isn't Bev just absolutely oh, lovely, 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 lovely. Just such a warm soul who is just so humble and yeah, I just love what she's doing there and love having a chat to her. So what did you take away from this conversation with Bev Dyer of Chasing Sundays? And of course, if you are keen to check out the wonderful items that she has been talking about and also creates in Chasing Sundays, you can do that over at 
chasingsundays.com.au and we'll link to that in the show notes. We'll also link to the Instagram, which is just at chasing.sundays. And so I'm going to highlight two things that stood out. I mean, there was a lot in there and especially if you're a product-based business or you're looking to increase, you know, your collection, start your own product line, all of those things. There was so much in there. I'm just going to highlight two things that stood out for me. The first, and I think this is really relevant, especially right now with all that's going on in the economy, is that she was looking for a product that would have great margins for her, but also be a, you know, a choice for a lot of people that perhaps in the pandemic or coming out of the pandemic, or maybe, you know, they've got young families and they're watching their dollars, be a choice for them that was affordable. And I think that sometimes with business, when we look at money mapping, when we look at our revenue streams, we're often looking at like, how can I make the most money for the short amount of time? Or how can I do this? Or how can I do that? And we're not necessarily thinking about from the audience's perspective, especially right now, you know, a lot of people are watching what they're spending and they're looking for something that's a little bit more affordable, maybe an entry-level product. I know with a lot of the bigger companies that I used to work at, the entry-level products were a huge proponent, a huge, 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 huge part of the total revenue that was coming into that business. And so I would never discount, ha, discount, where there's the pun, but really I would never think, oh, I can't bring that in because, you know, it's going to ruin my brand or it's, you know, not at a price point or whatever else there is. I think those entry-level products and where something is working really well for you, but also for other people, it's like a win-win. And right now with the recession, with everyone talking about the economy at the moment and the stress that is on people, I'd be looking at your own offers and your own products and services and thinking like, is there something that I can introduce that's like a stepping stone into other things that I'm doing? For example, if you're a service-based business, maybe there's like a DIY or a template or something else you can sell. Or in the product space, are there groupings or are there add-ons or are there other things that I can be putting into the mix that are really affordable and really accessible for a lot of people? The other thing that Bev talked about was the whole rebrand and just how much work it is. And I totally understand how much work it is. I haven't gone through that ourselves, but also just that the actual change to the brand and how it looked and the logo. And it was like, it was really functional as well as for other reasons, but really being able to spot that brand when you're out on the beach, when someone's on a walk and you can quickly look at the cap that they're wearing and be like, oh, that's cool. Oh, it's Chasing Sundays. Like really thinking about that whole customer journey. And, you know, people nowadays, I think I saw an ad the other day that Googled, you know, if you take an, a photo now with Google on app on your phone or something, oh my God, it sounds like an ad for Google. But if you take a phone, it'll literally like bring up the shopping for that particular thing. Like if somebody, I don't know, is next to you in a bar and they've got cool earrings and you take a photo of the earrings, like slyly, it'll actually show you exactly where you can buy them or ones like that. So it's just more and more and more important that those things, particularly for product-based businesses and particularly for a business like Chasing Sundays, where a lot of people are wearing it when they work out or when they're going to the beach or when they're going on holidays. And it's just, it just makes so much sense. But I also love that Bev talked about, yes, it's hard, but make a plan and stick to it. You know, like just work through it step by step rather than being overwhelmed or feeling like, oh, it's all just too hard. I won't bother. I just thought that was so important to, to consider, especially if you're in that space where you do want to maybe do something visually with your brand language or even, you know, more in depth with your whole brand and looking at your vision and mission and your values and everything else. But I think it's really important that if you do make a plan, like Bev says, 
stick to it. Just, it's really hard. I get it. I get it. It is very difficult sometimes to do those things and it just feels incredibly overwhelming. But then at the same time, you won't necessarily promote yourself or go out there and put yourself out there because you're a little unhappy with the way that something looks or the way that something sounds. So whether it's a copywriter or a graphic designer or a brand strategist, it's really important to get those people on board so that you feel really, really confident with your brand from all perspectives. So that is it for today's podcast. But before I go, I wanted to let you know that Bev has very kindly offered a 15% discount to anyone who listens to this podcast. So you can just put in my daily 15, my daily 1-5 at checkout and you'll get 15% off. And if you want to go to the checkout and see all the amazing things that Chasing Sundays sells, you can find them over at chasingsundays.com.au and you can find them on Instagram at chasing.sundays. And of course, we'll link to both of those in the show notes which you can find for this episode at mydailybusiness.com forward slash podcast forward slash three, four, six. And if you enjoyed this, we would love it so, so much if you could leave a quick review or even just tap the stars on Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen to this. You can also listen to this on Audible. The last thing I want to mention is that Marketing for Your Small Business is kicking off very soon the course and coaching program. It's the perfect time to work on your marketing plan so that you've got it all in some sort of amazing order for strategic marketing in 2024. You can find all the information for that, which kicks off on the 10th of October at marketingforyoursmallbusiness.com. Bye. Thanks for listening to the My Daily Business Podcast. For a range of tools to help you grow and start your business, including coaching programs, courses, and templates, check out our shop at mydailybusiness.com forward slash shop. And if you want to get in touch, you can do that by email, hello at mydailybusiness.com Or you can hit us up on Instagram at mydailybusiness underscore. You can find us on TikTok at mydailybusiness or find me, Fiona Kalaki, on LinkedIn. I look forward to connecting.